This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Never Let Me Go. Oh, not not the island? No. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, this movie came out in 2010. Directed by Mark Romanek. Written by, based on the novel by Kazu Ishiguro, maybe? And the screenplay by Alex Garland. Starring Kara Knightley, Carrie Mulligan, Andrew Garfield. Uh, she got a do-over. <laughs> Sally Hawkins. Others that I didn't recognize. Yep. All right. <laughs> Scott, you recommended this movie. What's your history with it? So, uh, just say one thing to, to start. Uh, so, we... we... We definitely tend to do a lot of genre, action, dare I say, dumb movies <laughs> mm-hmm. on this podcast. How dare you, sir. I dare, dare. Uh, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll do something with a little more substance. Um, you know, there's really not a lot to, to make uh, fun yeah, of. Yeah, Predator, a lot of substance. Yeah. <laughs> it was. A lot of, lot of entrance. Yeah. Uh, not a lot to to make fun of, so this this, this movie's a little more serious than, than we usually do. It is it is uh, uh, you know not quite a genre film, but there there's definitely a heavy sci fi bent to it. Uh, but but as far as my history goes, I'd actually read the book and and really enjoyed it, and uh, saw the movie and and really enjoyed that too. I, I felt like the movie uh, kind of came in under the radar. Uh, I, I had to see it on DVD because I did, I didn't even realize it was in theaters. Uh, it just kind of came and went. Uh, you know, you can tell it's it's kind of a small movie. Probably didn't have a, a big marketing budget, um, but uh, it's been on my list for for quite some time now. I, I'm trying to think of why I wanted to put it there initially, because um, like I said, it's a little more serious. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad we finally got to do it. All right, um, cool. I'll go next. I never heard of this until Scott nominated it. It's been on his list. We've just been skipping over it, but he finally pushed forward with it last week. Um, yeah, and the only thing I will say is this Alex, uh, the guy who wrote it, Alex Garland, I do like his other stuff. Like It definitely felt like an Ex Machina and Annihilation, um, even Dread. Like, so I like this guy, at least the writer's stuff. Um, I could see some similarities in some of this. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got for this. Alex. Yeah, it was the first time for me watching this film as well uh, let's get to our list <laughs> all right <laughs> scott number seven okay uh so not not a ton of humor in this movie <laughs> um uh but but one of the the funnier scenes that i thought was really cute um that, that played off the fact that they just didn't know how to to behave in the real world um you know i i, I, I almost feel like this movie does require a little bit of setup um, if anybody happens to want to be listening to this that hasn't uh, actually watched it, in which case, please go do that because spoilers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it follows this, this group of kids 
um, grows up basically isolated from the rest of the world um, and and basically doesn't know how to act like I don't want to say normal people but uh, how, how people do in their and then they're kind of usual day-to-day and so they wind up in this diner and they all kind of freak out a little bit and don't even know how to order because uh, it's probably overwhelming to them like to have all those choices and and just the idea of sitting down and having somebody bring food out to them uh, was 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 almost definitely novel to them. Uh, but I thought it was a really funny scene with um, with uh, General Hux. Yeah. General Hux. Yeah. And also from Ex Machina. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Who also has Poe Dameron in it. There you go. Full mm-hmm. circle. The circle is complete. Okay, bacon. That's my number seven. Okay, uh, I'll go next. And Alex already mentioned it. I was going to bring it out. And I'll just say that this movie does not remind me of Island. It's nowhere near it. But the premise of having these harvested people living in a contained, you know, isolated environment. It's just interesting that you could do have the same background or setting and then just two totally different ways. You know, the Michael Bay way? Literally, the Michael Bay way. <laughs> And then this way, which I just sound interesting. I, 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 think, first... I, think, I think, Jeff, when you say that, you have to be like, the Michael Bay way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically. You can't, you can't just, um... just say it normally, yeah. <laughs> the Michael Bay way. And, and I will say the yeah. island was something I really wanted to like. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. the premise. <laughs> yes. ScarJo. McGregor and yeah. Scarlett Johansson and all that. And it was just, yeah, it was too big of an action movie for the premise. Where now this almost goes too far in the other direction for me, mm-hmm. but I, I just thought that was in, it was an interesting take on these two different exact settings and went two to, totally different ways and both were a little too far in each direction for me. So mm-hmm. that's my number seven, uh, Alex. Ah, well, I felt the same way, but uh, my number seven is yeah the awkward scenes that they have. Uh, Scott mentioned the one in the diner that was yeah. Eh, a bit comical, brought a bit of a smile, and you know, kind of like a oh, like a sad puppy kind of smiles, like oh. Uh, but also when uh, they were watching that sitcom, and everybody except for Catherine, Kate, Cat, Catherine, Kathy, yeah, was you know watching TV essentially for the first time, possibly uh, with a group of people, and they're all laughing when they're quote unquote supposed to. All that, all that awkward stuff that really just, uh, you know, made, uh, how do I say this? It, it, it gave the, the overall film, like, a little bit of an ease. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number all seven. Right. Scott, number six. She has that long pause. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number six is the, the surgeries. Um... So I, this this movie doesn't explain a lot of of the kind of science fiction that's going on, which is pretty light. Uh, all the all the medical stuff, um, but those those couple of of surgery scenes that they they show are, are absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a different kind of horror, really. Um, besides just obviously seeing somebody cut open, um, it, it's it's so clinical the way they they go about the these like basically harvesting these people um like in in the the final scene with with andrew garfield's character tommy 
Like they, he doesn't even have a, like a headrest. Um, you know, I, I think I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys can uh, jump in here, but I, I think that uh, like in Tommy scene, they they were expecting him to die. So all these people that are that are donors, they they all are living in the, this lie that they can basically um, that there's always a chance that they'll survive after each one of these. Uh, but obviously, like if they rip out your heart or your your other kidney, uh, your other lung, like whatever the case may be, um, they're they're not going to survive that. Um, so I think like in in his final scene, um, they they're basically putting him to sleep and then harvesting him, like like as in putting down an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the same for Ruth for Keira Knightley's character, um, but it has a, has a similar tone to it. Um, and then the way they just all file out um, it, in, in, in Tommy's scene where they just basically grab like some paperwork, some of the x-rays, like, they grab a couple other things, but they all just shuffle out and just leave him on the, on the, or leave her, sorry, not for, in Ruth's scene, sorry, this was for Ruth, not his. Yeah. Um, Ruth's, um, you know, she flatlines, uh, they make no efforts to resuscitate her. They they just all file out and they just leave her body there, um, not not worth their their time and effort to, like even throw a cloth over her, close her eyes, any of that, um, and it, it, it you know it's 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 just one gut punch in the movie that 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 is basically one one to the other, you know one scene to the next of of, of that kind of tone, uh, but um, yeah just the the way they staged those surgeries uh, were were pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The Knightley one, or I don't know the characters' names. The Kara Knightley one. Ruth. That was the that was the worst one for me. That was very brutal. And like you said, like she was. This is much higher on my list, but I can just talk about it now. Yeah, when she was sitting there, she's. You can tell. You know, her heart rate and everything's changing, and they don't even give a fuck. And when she flatlines, no one gives a fuck. They're just taking it, and they just filed out. Like you said, that was that was brutal. Very brutal for me. Hmm. Very different uh, from Chicago Med. <laughs> was was it in um, South Park Bigger Longer Uncut? The George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. It never gets any easier. Oh well, <laughs> he whistles and walks off. <laughs> yeah, Sing, I think he's whistling like the Brian Boitano song. Uh, all right, um, we're on to my number six. Mm-hmm. And it was just the the one thing I was expecting a little bit more to come back with was, and it was indirectly, but the whole the baseball whatever they're playing, their baseball with the tennis racket in England or wherever the hell they are cricket, <laughs> oh whatever the ball was over the fence and I think his name was Tommy wouldn't go get it and you know that's the border oh, okay it's but they never really said they never really went anywhere so I was wondering if I missed that or if it's just okay yeah these people these. Whatever I, we're calling them, I, I think are, that, that was sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they're just not supposed to go. I mean, that's just the, setting up that there are boundaries and stuff. But I thought eventually somebody like, where is this place? I don't know. I just felt like that was never followed up on. Okay, I, I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just like supposed to be the bird, the the first big hint that right these kids have been conditioned in, in some really weird way. Mm-hmm. And exactly, I think that's what it was. But I was maybe expecting a little, you know, come back to that at some point and go past the gate, and that was gonna be a symbol or something. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna but, also. I didn't say it when I did my first. Th- like Scott said, we don't do movies. 
like this that often and there's not I had a hard time coming up with seven things. Like it's a movie, and in there, it's, I'm not <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying that it's there's not like the time he killed this person, and then the time he said yeah. this joke. When when, time, this when, like, when, when uh, Carrie Mulligan grabbed that oar and and the yeah. dude with it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's just kind of like yeah, okay, this yeah, scene yeah. goes into this, and it's a build up, and then ooh, that's a downer. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's my number six, The Fence, Alex. My number six is I do really like the way this movie was filmed. Uh, all the shots, the the um, muted color tones that they used in a lot of the stuff. Uh, just the, the architecture of just that one building where she's at, where she starts off, and it's a little tiny like apartment. I like that whole thing. The, the shot at the end on the field is phenomenal. Yeah, this this movie is, is oh, definitely so beautifully shot and it's yeah. and set and staged and yeah, yeah. And they yeah, they definitely wash it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the boat stranded on the middle of the beach, that was awesome. I'd love to play in that boat. <laughs> get up get up to date on my tetanus and then go to town. Have you seen what what movie was that? Was that the Christopher not Christopher Guest, Christopher Nolan? Uh, war movie where they're stuck in a boat. They're getting shot at by the Germans. Oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, that's what that's, that boat kind of reminded me of. I don't know why, mm. but anyway, it reminded uh, me Mike. of Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Scott. Timothy Zahn and uh, what's his face? Yeah, yep. who else is in that? No, who else? It was Timothy Zahn and who else? Yeah, it's all right, all right, all right, all right, yeah. Oh yeah, McConaughey. McConaughey. All right, Scott, number five. We should we should do Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not me though. I don't. I don't. But anyway, uh, number five is is the the first real, um, kind of fucked up moment in the movie, um, is is when they they bring in the the bumper crop, the or they, they, they each are awarded. They didn't really show how they're awarded them, and it's not really important, but all the kids have, like, effectively buttons that they can use for currency because they're never allowed to leave or go anywhere. They have no, like, real basis for, for how much anything would, would cost or, or quality of goods or anything like that. Mm. And so this this guy shows up with just a bunch of, not even secondhand toys, but, like, like doll parts, and, and like, everything is so ratty. Um, and just the, the kids are so excited about it. Um, it. It's definitely one of the more fucked up scenes I think that the, the we've watched in, in a long time. Uh, you know, as I was watching this, I, I couldn't help but think of uh, hmm. Parasite that we watched um, almost a year ago, like close yeah. to a year ago. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of kind of themes in common. Uh, between these two movies, um, but yeah, just the kids excited and and Ruth, uh, not Ruth, I was uh, Kathy. I think they should have swapped swap the names. <laughs> <laughs> I think the main character should have been Ruth, and uh, Kieran Hatley's character should have been Kathy. But anyway, um, the the Kathy character, um, you know, she uh, like she's obviously been to other uh, ones of these bumper crops or crops or whatever they were calling them. Um, but she immediately recognizes that this, this is all like, like 
none of this stuff is good. It's it, none of it is is worth their time. It's all just um, some kind of weird distraction, or at least she kind of senses it. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that was the first like real like who like uh, credit to whoever the prop master was for coming up with all these like <laughs> these awful looking toys or parts <laughs> of toys. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, that scene also reminded me of. I think it's THX, where these people live in a society like this, and they're not harvested for organs, but it's the whole thing about you have to make money so you can go spy stuff, and it's just crap. But people have to buy stuff; it's like in their nature. Um, and they're saying that they give this crappy tokens, and you go buy like a cube or something. I think that's THX that I'm thinking of, but I could be wrong. One one three seven. No. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, well, my number five, I think it's the first time, besides maybe the ball going over the fence. Well, the ball going over the fence was something weird. The first time you find out exactly what's going on is when that, I don't know where this teacher comes from, and then she just disappears, but she just basically tells them what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. you kids are going to be harvested for your organs, and you're not going to live past 30, and blah, 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 blah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, Miss Lucy. Like, mm-hmm. why did... She was a new teacher? Yes. So they... Yeah, because they show her, like, oh, there's a new caretaker or whatever they called her. And then... The guardian. Guardian. And then after she says that speech, she's gone. I didn't really explain that. Like, Well, her ghost respawned her in another spot. <laughs> like, what, what... What? What is it you don't understand, Jeff? Like... Okay, so they had the new hire. Uh-huh. She had an early... <laughs> Like, did she not know what she was getting into? Like, I guess I'm just confused. Or was she a, like, a hippie trying to get rid of these things? Like, I, don't I, think, like she... I think she, like, was a teacher, uh, or as they call them, guardians in this case. Um, she, maybe, yeah, maybe she had ulterior motives when she showed up. Um, she was not supposed to let the kids know. And yeah. right. I, I definitely got the impression that she didn't go there intending to do that necessarily, um, but she she broke down when she actually saw the kids and spent yeah. enough time with them. Like it wasn't, you know, she'd been with the kids for a little while. It didn't feel like that. It felt like it was like right away. Maybe I just missed a time hop or something. But yeah, I, I got the like sense a, that some a little bit of time, yes, yeah, some time had passed. Yeah, okay. not not a huge amount of time, but enough that she couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Um, but yeah, just that whole revelation of what was going on, and then um, the kids not really caring or knowing what the hell she was saying, and just like it's not like one of them like they they knew though, right? Like I don't understand. Do they know? After a bit, I mean, certainly after that, after that revelation. But I mean, it gets pretty sure it gets revealed to them as they grow older, and then they have to go yeah, to the cottages think, or to other places. right. I think yeah. at some point they like because they need them to like come in or whatever. So that to explain to them like why, why. Anyway, all right. Well, that's my number five, uh, Alex. Uh, my number five was, uh, as Scott mentioned, the doctors, the medical scenes, fucking awful. And even there's a, a if you didn't catch it or you might have caught it because there was a short scene and there wasn't any dialogue in it. But one of the teachers was explaining with a skeleton like laid out on a flat desk, you know. Uh, once I saw the medical thing and they were propping up Andrew Garfield, Tommy, in the table, I'm like, oh, shit, that's the same as the demonstration that the teacher was doing in class. 
And you know what? I did notice that. And I was like, what the hell? That's a weird thing to be teaching these kids. What the hell is that about? And then mm-hmm. I forgot about it until right now that you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Fucking awful. <laughs> All right. Scott, number four. Okay. Uh, my number four um, is is the, the day trip. Um, so the, the ordering at the restaurant scene is, is a, a part of this, this larger sequence. Um but just the idea that, and, and they don't really explain why they're so obsessed with it, um, but they, they've all, um, you know, all, all these kids, young adults, um, are, are basically, the only thing they have to cling to are these stories and, and lies that they've, they've kind of told themselves or been told by adults or, you know, it's not really clear with, with some of them. Uh, but this idea that they're all clones of people. Um like exact clones, uh, you know they 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 all believe that. Um, you know whether that's true or not in in the in the world is is never really explained, um, or even really hinted at past this this kind of one scene. But they they all think it's like something important, uh, and and then just them looking in the window, uh, looking for uh, Ruth's supposed uh, a double person she was supposed to be cloned from and uh it turns out to to not be her um and and she's kind of crushed by it um but uh, again uh prop you know just the a string of like all basically like the plot the whole, almost the whole plot of this movie is is people trying to to live by by all these lies that they've they've uh, been been given um and and this one um, at least falls with, with some of the uh, the science fiction going on. Um, you know, are are there really clones, or, or are they exact clones of people? Um, but it, it's it's pretty much the only point that they explain um, that they that they are cloned, and I, I think they are. Uh, maybe not mm-hmm. direct clones of people, um, but uh, they, there's some kind of cloning going on. Um, these aren't probably not just orphans or anything like that. Um, but, uh, well, they, again, we never really explain. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about <laughs> my overall point here is, um, I think well, it's, we know they're not, sorry, we know they're not orphans, right? They're definitely, no, men. no, 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 they're not, they're not orphans. Like they're at the beginning of the movie. They're, they're like, Oh, it's a bunch of orphans. Okay. <laughs> and then you learn that no, this is definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think this is, this is like the 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 most we ever like dip into um, you know where these kids came from, and I, and I thought that was interesting and horrible at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the island they just go meet up with. Uh... <laughs> Turns out that you McGregor's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's a real prick. Alright, uh, so we're on to my number four, I think. And this movie, the first third of it, when they're young kids, it's basically just Harry Potter without wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff shown his uh, British racism. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just a bunch of weird kids, orphaned kids hanging out in a little hall. 
talking all like this and wonder when they're going to get their yummies and the boogie flavored chili beans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, there it is. Harry Potter without wizards for the first third of this movie. And then it takes it, it gets a little dark, a little darker. I think, Jeff, I think you should leave like an Amazon review with it. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Alright. Alex, number four. Uh, my number four is well that scene kind of like towards the end of the movie where they go meet Madame and the old headmistress and they pretty much get the reveal that you know no there's no like reprieve or uh, whatever they call it what should we call it there's no delay deferral. in yeah deferral in the harvesting thank you and that they were actually in the school was the last of its program because they were with all the art that they were making they were trying to determine if they were you know if they had a soul if they were quote unquote human and like at that moment you know a lot of things clicked into place why you know they were so weird why they just went along with all this stuff which I'll get to later uh, why the you know minimal pretty minimal like tracking stuff they had a bracelet they didn't even implant chips in them or anything like that they just had bracelets that they had to scan uh, there's cameras so, of course so but... i think i think there was a little bit more that they never really explained nah. of like like them being able to be tracked eh, maybe but yeah and that bracelet thing never came into play either I was, that's another thing i was kept expecting for Something to happen. Mm-hmm. Never did. No, it's um, just... I, th- I think that that scene, Alex, and I have more to say about later. But the, I think I think one one point you you said, uh, I think it's like it wasn't just that they were, you know, seeing if they had souls or not. They they were doing that uh, just on the hopes that somebody would come along and ask. Basically, like no no one was even asking them to do that. They they were just doing it. Like on the chance that it would be relevant, and it turned out to not to not be, uh, which which is even more like depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, what one question for you guys? Uh, so the two women, Madame, I don't remember her name, and then and the 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 old headmistress. Um, mm-hmm. So she's in a wheelchair, and when they first show the apartment, you see some. Um, you see some pills. Um, so I wonder if the two of them are not availing themselves, or at least the, the headmistress are not availing themselves of of these, <laughs> of the donors, as they call them. Yeah, maybe not. But Madame yeah. looked the, the same. She looked like she didn't really age much from when they were kids. Maybe, yeah, That's you know what, that's a good point. She's out there doing gardening, um, and she says, "I wish I could do something," but maybe she's also part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And then she calls them, "Yeah, creatures." As she goes, as you know, they're leaving. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I have more to say about this later too. The one thing I forgot to ask at the beginning too is that the the sorry the years of when this stuff took place is that ever in the book or anything, Scott? Like. At 1952, we discovered. I don't think I don't think that had that preface. Um, the right. book, um, I mean, it covers pretty much the, the same major beats, but the book had had much more of a, um, I don't know, like a gothic kind of horror thing going for it. Um, at least when they're kids, 
Um, yeah, they, they never really explained any of that. Like, Ruth, or Ruth, jeez. Kathy, um, in, in her monologues, might say a little bit more about it than she does in the, in the movie. But there's definitely nothing like in 1952, blah, blah, blah. If I remember correctly. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what we're on. Scott number three now? Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, Alex already alluded to this, but just the, the world that they've set up here. Uh, part of it might just be really small budget, uh, but there, there's little touches um, that, that, that keep popping up throughout the movie. Um, like I said, it definitely has a, like a almost washed out, a cold um, uh, look to it for, for most of the movie. Um, everything is just very shabby um, mm-hmm. to just kind of show this is the life that these these, these kids have. Um, everything's like they've been kind of cast aside. Uh, you know, even, even her yeah her apartment is is kind of. Uh, just very dreary, um, even though she's she's being allowed to to live by herself. Um, there's a lot of fences <laughs> everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of fences, a lot of narrow paths. Um, you know, just these people are like on the outskirts of society. The other thing too, though, is there's just no people around. So I'm, I was wondering about that. If that's just again no budget. Um, there's, you never see kids around. Um, everybody, all the all the people you see, other than the like the, the kids from the school, um, they're all a, they're all well into adulthood. Um, you know, nobody even looks like they're they're in their twenties, like late thirties at the earliest that you see these people. Um, so I wonder, like, what happened to the kids? Um, you know, it just nothing that that, that ever really is explained. Um, I, I don't remember if in the book if they, they actually do come across people their own age outside of um, the school, which I think would have been interesting um, to see how they're, they're kind of viewed by, I, I guess, not necessarily their peers, but uh, by the people in their own age group. Um, yeah, just just all that. Um, and then yeah, like like Alex said, that final shot is great. The the hospital settings, or at least the the, the surgery rooms, um, yeah. There's 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 a lot of uh, um, interesting stuff, and it's all like very thematic. I thought it was just because it was in England. That's how all of England. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> yeah. that too. That, that is also true. <laughs> they were in Lower Oakton. They were. They were. Um, all right. Uh, my number three, and this is just a weird thing. I was kind of running out of stuff, but uh, I don't know if it was makeup or just the way Kara Knightley looks. She looked weird, alien-esque in this movie. Mm-hmm. There were times where like her low bangs definitely didn't help. But then, like, she's got, like, she looked like a gray alien. Especially later on when she was <laughs> sick and she was really gray. It was She was disturbing. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think, I, I think she was Kara Knightley like movies. I, I missed out on all those Jane Austen features and uh, haven't seen her since. Jeff, she I played dare Elizabeth you. Swan. <laughs> Jeff, all this right. is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, can you name two Jane Austen books? Little Women and Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Well, you're right with Pride and Prejudice. 
That's what I was thinking of. And zombies. Little, little woman, not not so much. Yeah. What's the other one we had to read in school? <laughs> the Steel Magdragolds. <laughs> um, in school, I don't know. Uh, Sense and Sensibility? That's the one I was thinking of. God damn it. <laughs> Hester Prynne Chronicles. What the hell is Little Women? Did I make that up or something? No, Little Women no, is no, a book. No, that's a real thing. It's just not a... Uh, Jane Austen. It's not a Jane Austen book. <laughs> it's, it's, Judy <laughs> it's not a Judy Bloom. Oh, R- or a R- Danielle Steele. A Judy Bloom, R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, she died. Yeah. Super fudge. Last book I read. All right. Ever. So I just thought it was weird the way. I don't know if it was. There was supposed to be that way. She was supposed to like look. I know at the end, obviously, she was supposed to look sickly, but I thought even in the beginning, she just looked weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. Running out well, of ideas. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is the overall eeriness of this movie. Um, I didn't feel like yeah, it came to a head or like there was a big payoff to the eeriness and everything. Not not like in a big, you know, classic traditional horror movie type of way. Uh, I did like how Kira Knightley was just standing in the doorway, like all shadowed and stuff on that one scene <laughs> when Kathy Catherine Cat is just listening to her tape. Never let me go. Then she just opens her eyes and she's just there. Only because I have kids and they have done that so many times to me. <laughs> Especially when they're like two or three years old. They'll just be standing right next to your bed just staring at you waiting for you to wake up. <laughs> Making no noise whatsoever. It's terrifying. There's a monster outside my window. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, yeah I, again, can I play video games, Dad? <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it feels like a... Uh, slow, uh, slow burns not the way to put it because that, that would be into the plot. Burn. But but yeah, there's there's definitely like a gothic element to to the movie. There's no goths in this movie. All right, Scott, number two. <laughs> um, all right, number two is the is the the Kathy character, um, Kathy H. Um, also super fucked up. They never even give them last names. Um, and the, everybody plays along with that. So, like, the teachers, it's always, like, Miss Lucy. Um, you know, it's never anybody's last name because they don't give these kids last names. But um, I think Kathy is, uh, like, one one of the... I don't, I don't know, I want to get too, <laughs> too nerdy here, but uh, is, is definitely a, a great uh, tragic figure um, because more so than, than the kids and really the, the adults... Um, in, in this movie, the, the people that are like perpetrating this, this horror on them, um, she really sees to, to the heart of things. Um, she, she understands what's going on. She's very intuitive. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she kind of sees through everything that's going on, um, until, you know, she kind of lets herself get swept up very briefly, um, in the, in the whole gallery scene or leading up to that. Um, just more because she doesn't know any better, um, but uh, I, I well, we'll talk more about that one in this in a minute. But um, yeah, she it, and where the real tragedy comes in is um, of of the three main characters, she's the one that rails against it the least. Um, she understands what's going on the most, um, but she's also the most accepting of it. Um, and and that is is 
it's very frustrating as a viewer. It's it's uh, it's upsetting, and it drives home the point of of uh, the, like the conditioning that they're in that they that these kids have been given. Um, you know, I, I mentioned parasite. You know, one of the common themes is uh, you know one group of people being subsumed by another, um, and and uh, you know all all parties involved just kind of buying into it. Um, Mm-hmm. And yeah, the fact that these kids don't fight back, uh, you know, you get Andrew Garfield having some fits, but that's about it. Um, you know, in the, in the movie, nobody runs away um, because you think that would have to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that even, even with the bracelet, somebody would think that they could get away with it. Um, but they've been, you know, either conditioned or bred or both um, to just accept it, to go along with it. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's really kind of upsetting to me. I, I, I finished this movie, I hadn't seen it in a while and, and I kind of, you know, besides the movie, not, not really ending on an up note. Uh, it, it, it kind of left me angry. Um, you know, <laughs> my number one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that then. Oh, uh, but, but that, but the, the, the heart of all that is, is Kathy. Um, and it, it's kind of heartbreaking that. Um, you know, so the, the movie doesn't ask like, are these people like really people? Cause I think it's obvious that yes, they are. Um, but you know, it doesn't, doesn't give us any, any sort of closure. Uh, and that, that, that does not feel good. So yeah. Um, and again, Kathy's at the heart of all that. Um, cause she understands what's going on just as well as the audience does by the end of the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff's asleep. God damn it! I muted myself. <laughs> um, I agree with most of everything you said there, Scott. One thing I differ on, but I'll talk about that in my next item. But for this item, um, you guys already talked about it. It was like the medical scenes, specifically uh, when Ruth's character was just died on the operating table, and they did not give a fuck. They were just pulling out what they can and just left her there. It, that was really disturbing. That that's, ugh, I did not like that, but in a good way, I guess I should say for a movie. Um, that's my number two, Alex. Uh, that ending scene on the field, when you know everything's come to a head and, and uh, she's lost both her best friends, and Cat uh, is talking about how oh she finally got her notice and that she's going to start donating in her first donation in a month. And she is not going to do shit about it. She's just going to, yeah, maybe because she's a clone. Maybe, like as Scott said, maybe it's just some programming or some such bullshit that they've done that they just go along with it like sheep, pretty much like cattle to be harvested. Uh, yeah, it's awful. Beautiful scenery, though. <laughs> Great shot. Yeah. Quick question. So that... I guess if you wanted, if you were kind of wanted to live longer, why didn't all? It wasn't everybody sign up to be a caretaker. Because you seem like that was, you know, she didn't get selected until a lot later I think, than the other two. So they, they, the the term they use is apply. So I would assume that not everybody can do it is allowed to do it. Yeah. Okay. Apply. They have to fill out the forms. Yeah. And maybe even some some don't even just have the drive. They have the 
the knowledge. It's like they, there's a lot of them that like they said they they have the deferral rumor going around, but it never enters their mind. Caretaker, maybe I gotta get a few more you know years. I mean, yeah, you'd see why they would want the the caretakers around because because everybody knows how awful it is. Like, I mean, there's probably people that, like in the world that really just don't care. They don't see them as human. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, people would still rather that that one of their them take care of it, so they don't have to be around the, these people, and you know, on, on like a like a moral level, have to uh, yeah, like a, like a replicant. With belly buttons, though. Yeah, you get a replicant to take care of the rogue ones. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, uh, Scott. Number one. Uh, so number one is is the the gallery scene where um, they've convinced themselves. You know, and thinking about it, I'm still not sure that she buys into it. Um, that Kathy buys into it. Um, you know, she just is, is maybe clinging to anything um, that that might uh, you know buy them more time. Um, but you know, when they explain the the whole thing about the art, um, that you know the, the whole thing was was futile. Um, that again, uh, that they did it to show that they had you know that they they were people, but nobody even cared uh, to to like look um you know I, I again i wonder at whether whether the two of them were, were taking uh, advantage of all that um and, and like you, like you guys say yeah the madame does seem uh you know healthy and inhale uh so she probably is um i i don't know what to make of the head ma- the headmistress because she did make some kind of an effort i guess um but, but then again, at the beginning of the movie, she's, she gave that speech about subversion and everything, so um, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to tell where she comes down in on this. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was the, the biggest, like, gut-wrenching moment of the whole movie. Um, and you, like, Andrew Garfield and, and uh, Carey Mulligan are, are fantastic in that scene, um, where he's just barely holding it together, and, mm. and you know, she's... She's all, um, you know, empathy and, and putting on a good face. Um, yeah, that, that was just the, the kind of the capstone on just how horrible it was for, for them. Um, that, you know, that everything, pretty much everything that they had kind of believed in was, was a lie. Um, and, and there's something we said, again, it's one another theme in the movie, you know, that uh, the... the Lies are just, <laughs> they're just not the way to go. <laughs> um, they're more horrible than, than as, as horrible as the truth is, all these kids living with this lie are, are even worse. And that Miss Lucy was, was right all along. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows, like, how everything would have shaken out if, you know, if they, they knew from the very beginning. Uh, maybe they made more of their time, maybe it would have been more tragic that way, I, I don't know. Uh but uh, yeah, yeah, the gallery scene, and and just again overall, um, like yeah, it's not on my list, but uh, uh, the three main actors are, were were really good, um, Carrie Mulligan especially. Um, I don't I don't know if she did this before, 
or after an education, um, but she kind of cemented herself as as um, as, as a, a someone who could carry a film um, in these couple of movies. Uh, yeah, and with Garfield, I think he did Social Network the same year as this, and then uh, Spider Man was a couple years after. So, I don't know. Um, my number one is pretty much the same scene. Um, the whole test, you know, the, the test was there to see if you even have a soul. That was crushing. Um, I, yeah, I, I, to me, that was. I don't trust any of them i think they were all bad to these children and i i, I or I, don't, I think calling them children's like not even the right thing to do because i the way i read that was like these yeah these are just lab rats and they have no it maybe ate at some of them but i don't think it ate at them that much i just or maybe it did over time yeah you you, you bring up and a the good fact that, and just the fact that that she yeah, she said that and that yeah like the fact that nobody they were just, yeah, they were grown. They were not, no one considered them people at all. And yeah, I wouldn't even call them kids, even though they were. I, mean, I don't know what they were. Anyway, and I, I think they were all bad people, except for maybe Miss Lucy. And then she went and had sex with a fish in a different movie, and then everything was weird. But <laughs> oh, that was her. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I think it was her anyway. It looked like her. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, or it was Troy McClure. Her. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my number one. Alex. This movie pisses me off. <laughs> number one. Fuck that shit. Oh my gosh, this whole fucking movie. Scott damn it. It's like, okay, I get it as kids. You know, they have these rumors and so um, they're all afraid. So they toe the line and everything. As they get over, older, nobody dares. You know, nobody's questioning. There's no inquisitiveness. Uh, and, and as they grow up, they're in cottages. They're pretty much like no security at all, except for except for surveillance. Uh, nobody tries anything, and it's oh my gosh! I was yelling at the TV. It's like you fucks. What are you doing? And uh, in the well, the pivotal scene, of course. Now that we've all talked about it, the gallery scene is. I, it finally hit me that I think maybe that's what everybody was waiting for at the academy or at the. Um, at the orphanage or whatever at the boarding school they were waiting for somebody to show some spark uh other than just you know blindly autonomously just going along with it it's like even kath catherine cat at the end it's like yeah well i got my notice i guess i have to go get my organs sucked out instead of just getting in this car and driving off a fucking cliff like thelma and louise nope oh so i'm so fucking pissed i don't like this movie <laughs> fucking hate it I guess they don't use them for brain donors. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> don't even know how that would work. But Yeah, I hate everybody in this movie. I hate, yeah, the teachers. I hate the actual the kids for not trying anything. I hate, I hate everybody. They hate the sand. Uh, <laughs> it gets everywhere. I don't, I don't see how you can hate the kids. Like, I see how, you, like, no, I see the audience being the frustrated, like, that they but don't when... do anything, but it's understandable why they don't. No, when they grow up and they're adults, they're in their teens. Nah, fuck them. At but that I mean, age. Like, I mean, well, just that's it makes it that much more insidious that they don't really think about rebelling against it. Again, due to like 
were they genetically modified to be like that? I, or, you know, conditioning, they, they didn't really explain it, but they're well, clearly, fucking, like, buy into it. I hate the author. There's nobody else trying to rescue him. There's no protests <laughs> about, you know, if you're pro-life, why the hell are you harvesting these people? You know? They've been tricked before, Alex. The cake is a lie. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Fucking Scott, I hate everybody. I was really hoping Gladys would show up at the end of this. Yeah, this was a triumph. <laughs> that, would, that would definitely <laughs> have changed <laughs> the tone of the entire <laughs> movie. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Any honorable mentions? Um, just one, really. Alex, um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the, the 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 single smallest thing that that made me angry was that they just kept calling it uh, completion, um, which I thought was so horrendously um, like condescending and and just fucking evil <laughs> that that these whole these the whole purpose of these people was just to die for other people. Um, that's the movie. Yep. 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 But they call it completion. I thought that was fucking hate equally it. brilliant and, and horrible. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's... Uh, I wanted to mention that there is... If you want to watch a movie that's kind of like this, or not a movie, but a TV show that's kind of like this, but a whole lot better, <laughs> in my opinion, it's uh, the anime... Was it Promised Neverland? It's kind of got the same premise... But spoiler alert: the kids actually fucking do shit, and it's awesome. I, I, not having seen it, Alex, I couldn't disagree more with you. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. It is probably one of the most terrifying, like, edge of my seat animes I've ever seen. It's ugh, so eerie, but I love it. Opposite of this movie. All right. Well, let's rate it as usual. We rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being perfection. Scott. Um. You know, I, I said this last week with uh, Field of Dreams just because it, it was pushing all the, the feels with me. Um, I, I'm not a huge rush to watch this again, but I, I do think this is a, a terrific movie. Um, and I, I I could, you know, spend another hour talking about all the, the themes and getting nerdy and bloviating about it all. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it it definitely ranks highly with me. I think that this is um, something that that I highly recommend to everybody, and I give it a six. Okay, uh, I'll give it a four. I will never watch this again, but I can't. <laughs> but I can't say that I didn't like it. It's just it is one of those movies where like eh, I saw it, and now if someone brings it up in a conversation, I'm like oh yeah, I saw that, and I could talk about it. At least give me something to talk about. Um, there it is. It's four. Alex. This is a three. I fucking I hate it. It's, wow. got, it's got me too fired up, too angry at like everybody involved with this movie. No. Can, can you... Right. Alex, so... Scott. I, I, oh, I, wait, Scott, Scott, Scott. You worried about finding movies I don't like, or... You found a movie that Alex <laughs> hates. I think that's a first. Yeah. I just want to applaud you. He's hated stuff <laughs> before, but never, like... Slow clapping it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex, we, I, the fact that that it was frustrating to the point that you didn't like the movie that that's that's totally fair. Like, I will condescendingly tell you that you're free to have your own feelings. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, 
Like, I, I don't think you can say that it's, it's, it's like, yes, you found it frustrating again. That That's fair. But I, it's not bad writing though. Like I, I, I don't, I don't think it was, it yeah. was cheap. I don't, I don't think it was, um, you know, like cheating the audience in any way, like the way that they're acting. So like, I, I, I just, I can't see where you're coming from. On the, like I can't get on the same page as you. It anyway. just, on an emotional level, I just can't connect with this film because fucking bitches save yourselves for fuck's sake. It's just, but they could, but that's the whole point of the movie though. I, no, I think it's just that they wouldn't, they didn't have that extra no. human, that extra human inquisitiveness to go, you know what? Maybe I don't have to die. So you're saying they deserved it. On some level, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, in, in the Never Let Me Go universe, Alex is, is getting like a new liver every week. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I'd probably be one of the protesters trying to save them, you know. If they had like a PETA for humans, I'd be doing that. But, you know, better than PETA. Oh, fajita PETA. Yeah. Whoa. PETA vagina. But structurally, the way it's filmed, the writing, everything, Scott is correct. This is a solid movie. I just fucking hate it. Hate it. Angry. <laughs> I just want to say, when, when, you re, when you rebuked uh, Scott's thing, I go, ah, I assumed you did the old man wave and just gestured yeah. at him. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Alex was shaking his fist at some clouds. Yeah, get out of here. You fucking never let me go. All right, well, now it's time for a crossover topic, which is what, Scott? So, <laughs> quite similar to last week, uh, I do find that we somehow managed to, to kind of string along our, our, our crossover list without even really making an effort to do it, but this week it's Top 5 Orphans. Uh, so, just orphans, anything, any kind of pop culture. Um, so, we're going to start. Um, it's not that I'm a huge fan, but... It definitely. You, you, who said he doesn't like the orphans? <laughs> He's not a fan of orphans. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the. I, I have not read any of the books. Um, not a huge fan of the movies, but they were definitely a part of like the last uh, like twenty years or so. Um, I haven't. I haven't watched the whatever the hell they're called, the Grimblewald, whatever the fuck the. The Legend of uh, Gryffindor and the Hero Master Sword. Yeah, yes. that's the one. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you can see why I forgot it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, old, old Harry Potter. Old Although old arguably Harry Neville Potter. Longbottom's also an orphan and is also a better... Uh, a better wizard. A better hero. But uh, yeah. anyway. I agree. Uh, number five, Harry Potter. Uh, his whole character is based around the fact that he's an orphan. He's always like, oh, my mom and dad are dead. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My number five is also Harry Potter because this movie is basically Harry Potter without the wizard. Like I said. <laughs> yeah. Same I, movie. I guarantee that nobody on the, in the on the face of the planet that saw this movie had that same thought, Jeff. Okay, you're the first During person. The first third of the movie, <laughs> you don't know the twist that's going on. They're just kids and a little freaking. Yeah, all will miss. Put some John Williams music in there, and you got this movie. And maybe you <laughs> got yourself a stew. <laughs> Yeah, you're so stupid. Got a giant dude and a big beard, and another dude and a beard, and a talking hat. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> None of that stuff was in this movie. <laughs> no, I say you just add that right to the to the scenes. Well, right, which is why mm-hmm. I'm saying like you're the only person that's ever thought that. I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> 
how'd that boat get out there in the middle of the beach, Scott? Magic. Yeah. Why? Why, why did Why did Ruth have the bull? Why yeah, did why she did have, have the bull? <laughs> there you go. If me and Matt, me and Millhouse believe it. It's got to be true. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. Alex, number five. My number five is good old Brad Pitt and Benjamin Button. He gets stepped on, that poor kid. It's a baby, and that's how they find him. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've seen that movie once. Pretty it's good. Really worth watching? Never seen it. All right, Scott, number four. I'll take it as a no. <laughs> uh, my number four is Poe uh, from Star Wars. Oh. Oh, uh, damn, that's right. Uh, who, who is an orphan, but does have a very strong uh, father figure as, as voiced by the, the great James Hong. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he is an orphan um, that that's a, a pretty significant part of the first movie, and it becomes like the through line for the, the third movie for sure. Um, but... Uh, Yep, yep. He is an orphan, and uh, they played up for some jokes because he's a giant panda, and his his father's a goose. Uh, in the in the first mm-hmm. movie, so for those that have not seen Kung Fu Panda, yeah, go watch it right now. All right, my number four is Moses from Ten Commandments. No, it is Peter Parker. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't really talk about his parents ever, but he's with Aunt May, and that's it. So, well, I don't know. I like how Jeff had to go nerdy with this. Yeah, jeez. Oh, yeah. I think in the comic books, didn't they turn out to be, like, Russian spies, and they weren't really his parents when they came into his life? I'm sure there was some, like... Yeah, at, at, comic at, book bullshit. Yeah, there was, there, at some point, they, they fought USS, or they, they fought the KGB. Like, everybody did yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. Or became part of the KGB, but it turns out they were actually a triple agent. Yeah. Hail Hydra. Elijah. Yeah, and also that comic's like that's sixty years old, so I'm sure at this point it's been multiple versions <laughs> of what have happened died. to his parents. So I'm friendly neighborhood Spider Man comrade. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Peter Parker. Scott Alex. Uh I only started watching this a little bit ago, but uh the girl from Queen's Gambit. It shows pretty uh, cool so far. Another Ruth. Yeah, that's her name, Ruth. Only seen a couple episodes so far, but I'm digging it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've, one of the things I actually did watch. Managed to complete. Yep, definitely worth a watch. Yep, definitely. All right, uh, Scott, <laughs> number three. Number three, uh, just going back to the comic books, just because I don't want Jeff to feel left out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin, a.k.a. Nightwing, a.k.a. probably the most useful of, of Batman sidekicks. And probably the one that hates him the most. <laughs> yeah, he was smart enough to get out of the game before he yeah. got murdered. Yep. I think it's like he got rewarded with that because depending on which like storyline you're in, he gets to bang Starfire, which seems like a pretty good deal. Oh yeah. I'm getting careless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Starfire, not Star Fox. Got it. Yeah, that's right. Do a <laughs> do, do barrel. barrel. You're good. Alright, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to get super serious here and talk about not only does this person not have any parents, his entire planet got destroyed. He has no living relatives. Alf? Superman. Kara <laughs> <Car-Zarell. laughs> So, Kal-El, 
Superman. Except like they did to my planet. (laughs) You know, eventually, like, like half the population makes its way through the the galaxy at some point, meaning of a Superman. But (laughs) for sure, the planet blew up mostly. And for sure, his parents are dead. His parents are dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and then his new parents, his step parents, depending on which version you watch, are either good or bad people. Looking at you, Kevin Costner. As a as a little aside here, was it Pete Holmes does the Batman did the Batman shorts yeah. <laughs> like parody movies a long time ago on YouTube? And one of them he's bat he's playing Batman and he's super confronting Superman. He's like, Oh look at me, my planet and my parents are dead. Boo <laughs> Superman's like, Wait, didn't your parents also die? You don't talk about that. I was a boy <laughs> and now I'm a bat. <laughs> Uh, I always think about that in interaction. This, the shirts are always hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is the Blues Brothers. Mm. Fucking fantastic car chase at the end. And a lot of backflips. And a lot of cocaine. A lot of cocaine. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Like, a, like you, you heard me say a lot of cocaine, but I meant a lot of cocaine. Yeah, capital L. Scott, number two. Number two uh, is, is something that was very relevant until fairly recently because of the way everything shook out at the end. Uh, but the, there's more than one orphan here that I'm going to include together. But the Stark kids from uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. So oh, ongoing. I was like, Tony Stark kids? <laughs> she, yeah. she still has a mom. Uh, the... Uh, Yes, but I figured she would die of grief. (laughs) (laughs) So that's interesting. So not, so not Daenerys, because she's an orphan throughout the entire movie, the show, where the Stark kids aren't. Is but they, you get to see the Stark kids become orphans, though. Okay. Quite, quite uh, graphically. Mm -hmm. And then Uh, Jon Snow technically is the entire time too. Yeah, that is true. But then the Star Kids have their mom for a while, right? Which is and all the she more lived happily ever. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> huge spoilers. For some reason, you haven't watched Game of Thrones. Uh, have you ever seen the cut where where somebody uh, replaced the the blood spray with rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Wait, from her neck. Yeah. Oh God, no! It, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Anyway, I actually the other night I was uh, drunkenly watching HBO and I would I just picked a random episode of Game of Thrones and it's still good. It just just sucks what happened at the end, but I picked the episode where Daenerys gets her uh, her the the Dickless Army. What the fuck are they called? (laughs) I I think that was what they're actually called, the Dickless Army, (laughs) the Unsullied. There you go. That's an awesome scene. Dear God, they're probably the, one of the first few times she said it. Anyway. Army. <laughs> or ballless. I forgot what they were missing. I mean, they, I think it was all of it. They were, yeah. They, <laughs> okay. But, the uh, Kendalls. All right. Uh, my number two is, I mean, every hero from this saga, <laughs> Luke, Leia, Anakin, mm-hmm. Rey, Han Solo. Do any of these people have parents when we meet them? No. Uh, maybe Chewbacca. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. His parents. But I'll say Luke and Leia was the first ones I picked. Technically, Anakin is still alive, but, you know, as Obi-Wan said, he ceased to exist. Anakin did, so... He's more machine now than man. That's true. Like, nobody has parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nobody. a big galaxy. Because even when we saw Solo, you find out he's pretty much been orphaned forever. Um, I mean, Luke and Leia aren't orphans. Hmm? They, well, they are by the end of Return, but... Yeah, but into the end of their story, basically, are. But I'm just saying, even technically Vader... Anakin has been dead for their entire life. That, that right? is true. They, they've, they've been living as orphans. Yeah. Well, well, not even Leia, because she thought she was Organa and Organa. But they were. I mean, I mean yeah, literally they were, but that's what I'm saying. You can't say that... Right. That she was because because can't say Anakin and then say no. Sure, but then her planet got blown up like Superman. Yeah, see, and she became an orphan again, twice over. And then Jimmy Just Smith her said, and that, uh... "Look what they did to my planet." <laughs> yeah. Didn't we find out in Mandalorian like one of those characters is from Alderaan? Uh, the the, the character that. <laughs> I had to return to her whole planet. I had to return. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, never mind. Poochie was from Alderaan. I had, 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 had her ship crash on the way home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure Finn's an orphan. He's a stormtrooper. He probably doesn't have any parents. Poe, probably an orphan. This is Jesus. Like, you can see why Disney was super interested in, in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. No parents. Perfect. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, he might have had parents. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Boba Fett oh, gr- definitely had had a parent for like a hot minute. Yeah, and a shitload of brothers. Yeah. What about uh, Grogu, Baby Yoda, mm, orphan? He probably mm. ate them in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking probably. <laughs> Did Jar Jar have parents? We don't know. I, I think everyone in Star Wars is an orphan. There it is. He, he, Jar Jar killed him in that accident. Yeah, <laughs> it was clumsy. Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, so that's yeah, probably, he, probably was what happened. Better fucking believe it. That would have been a better ending than what we saw in the movie. Anyway, uh, Alex, number two. Number two. Uh, the worst slash best pie ever. James Bond. He's an orphan? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I... Because I've only seen like, recent movies. They don't talk about his backstory ever. Yeah, it's Skyfall. It was, that was the orphanage oh. where he grew up. <laughs> All right, so one of the most recent movies. Sweet. One of the worst. I don't remember that. James Bond. You know, you know jumping ahead here, uh, you know who... Aren't aren't good spies are the uh, the Wakandans? <laughs> They're not good at that shit. <laughs> eh, well, they should. Well, awesome, awesome at surveillance and and like that. But actually, like like walking around undercover, they do not seem good at that. <laughs> well, you didn't yeah. see them until you know in their full regalia when you uh, turned around. That's what I'm talking about. Boom, spies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we're going loud. <laughs> yeah. All right, James Bond, that's a good one. Uh, Scott, number one. Number one, uh, I think the same number one as last week. I don't see how it couldn't be on here unless somebody just wanted to, to go off the outside the box here. Mm. Uh, but but Bruce Wayne. Yep. I think yes. Bruce Wayne's real superpower like is not being rich. It's that he's an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely drives him. It's like this... Mm-hmm. This uh, this one-off like one-sheet comic that I read, where some kid 
uh, finds it's like a genie or something. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and he says like I want to be Batman. And they said granted. And like he goes downstairs and his like parents have just been shot and they're really full of holes and like that's the comic. <laughs> and he starts crying. <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, I Bruce Wayne as well. Sounds like Alex did too. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. Nice, cool. <laughs> a close second was uh, the baby from Willow or Willow. I don't remember. Laura, the baby uh, is the Elora Denon. Elora Denon. There you go. Yogurt. <laughs> uh, what, is yogurt a what as a orphan? Lone no, Star. But Lone Star's I, an orphan. I'm, I'm a prince. An honest to god <laughs> prince. Forget the ring. It's a bubkis. Okay. It's a bubkis. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And with that, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, so, a bit of serious news. Something that I found like a little bit shocking, but it seems like... What fucking school is it? I want to say Stanford? Yeah, Stanford is okay. cutting, completely cutting its wrestling program. Oh. That's no good. Uh, that, that, that's the one that they're highlighting, but they might be cutting like other ones. That's just part of the plan. They're going to come back with Vince McMahon running it, and it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> Never trust a McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's going away, also the glass is going to break and Stone Cold's yeah. coming out. Oh yeah, it seems like <laughs> they're, t- they're cutting 11 programs. Uh, I think it, it's like wrestling, fencing... Uh, other other like not like football, like not not like the giant money makers and stuff. Uh, but for whatever reason, money, of course, they're they're cutting all these programs. Uh, now, I guess silver lining is that some of the kids that got in through scholarships, they're gonna let them, you know, stay at the school, you know, continue their majors with their scholarship that they had. Uh, but after like the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, they won't be supporting those programs anymore. Hmm. Uh, which is a fucking shame. It's like, I what mean, the hell? I mean, tuition is just pennies, so I can't imagine why. <laughs> I mean, I can yeah. totally imagine why they have to cut this stuff. I know. Uh, people are, yeah, are fighting against it. They're uh, trying to raise money to save some of these programs. Which I mean, is bullshit. I, I, I have... They ha- Stanford has enough fucking money. All schools do. I, I, I honestly don't know like the finances i'm sure like it takes a shitload of money to to run a a university um, especially one that's been around for any significant amount of time Um, and the kickbacks and and all the kickbacks (laughs) and all that stuff you can't tell me that there's not money to go around there i know like it i i don't know how much it costs to go to stanford i'm guessing it's triple digits if you're gonna stay there for like a master's or doctorate or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't tell me that that some of that money can't be used. Fucking like stories all the time on Reddit about how they they force kids to college kids to pay for like two hundred dollar textbooks that are literally just like printed paper together with like like clips, like yeah, not even I like know. hardcover, like it just the utter bullshit. And then you have to buy like a new one every year. Um, yeah, it seems like making college kids pay for parking at the school that they go to on top of tuition. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm sh- the way that, that everybody's getting nickel and dimed 
Like, I I don't understand. Yeah. I, it's that, that, that's not to say, though, like, you still want, like, I think academia is, is important, and you, you still want to attract, um, you know, good teachers, professors um, to, to, to run your courses, but I, I, think, I think you can still pay those people and still do this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's bullshit. Did you know that Reese Witherspoon went to Stanford? <laughs> I just saw that movie. It still holds up. Wait, is that real? Like, that's just from the movie, or is that in real life? I don't think oh, the well, Legally I'm Blonde I'm talking about Legally was, Blonde. I don't think that was Stanford. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was Harvard. No, yeah. well, maybe she went to Harvard. I don't know. I know Natalie Portman went to Harvard. It was in Boston, so. Well, then it wasn't Stanford. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Well, I just said, I, I typed it in. It was like, the, the Google guys, Larry Page and Sergey were there, Ruth Spoon, other people. But it was just weird that like an actor was there. Also, Jennifer Connelly, apparently. Hmm. And John Steinbeck. Connelly. Chelsea, Chelsea Clinton went to Stanford? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I think I did, I think I did know that, but I forgot. Anyway. <laughs> time for Neum News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been, yeah. We've been all over the place tonight. Like, this, mm-hmm. this has been a... yeah. A, uh, we're, we're covering all the bases. We're, we're pleasing all our listeners here. We're giving people a little bit of everything. Um, so, uh, as per usual, since the, these MCU shows have kicked off, uh, we will be talking about the latest episode, in this case, of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, but we will circle around to that at the end of this segment. Um, first, though, we'll talk about um, some other just general things. Um, so... I had mentioned before that that I had a complete impulse buy uh, purchased the 4K version of uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I finally busted that open over the weekend, um, well, and earlier into to last week. Um, I I don't really know what to say. Um, it it <laughs> like because I think Lord of the Rings like the DVD probably looked fine already. Um, when I kept toggling back and forth between the on my TV, um, it's called dynamic mode, and then I guess the the natural mode um, is, is the one I usually go to for this stuff. Um, some of it looks fucking amazing, like in in the Shire. Um, that shit looks like like almost like I'm looking out the window, um, and it's super cool. But just like the frame rate on it is weird, so I can't I can't do it too much. <laughs> Uh, but I was like looking at some of the fireworks, and I just kept jumping back and forth, um, different scenes. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's definitely clean um, as far as a 4K product. It, it definitely works. Um, I, I definitely don't have much of an ear for audio, uh, mostly just because I don't have the setup for that. Um, I, I just have like the small sound bar um, that that works for me. Um, I mean, the sound is still good. Um, I, I would like to take this opportunity once again to say. It is utter bullshit that the extended version is on two discs. Um, they just—they literally just transferred what was on the DVD. Like it's the same font, text, everything. Like, they just threw it in there. When it's like, oh, you need to swap discs now, um, and it, and it's dumb. Uh, all that said, it been—it's it, been a hot minute since I, I sat down to watch the extended versions, and I fucking love all of it. <laughs> um, you know, nothing will ever be as cool as being in the theater the first time. Um, yeah. And I, and I do mean we were cool for doing it. 
but damn right we would. <laughs> uh yeah just oh i love it so much uh not on a go on too much of a tangent here but um just looking forward to all the scenes and then they all they you know when they do come up uh, like when my favorite scenes happen and, and i'm still excited for them and um you know some of it's still a little bit of an awe that they that some of the stuff they were doing um yeah yeah so if, if if you're looking to buy lord of the rings for like the fourth or fifth time like me and jeff uh <laughs> i you could do worse than than this 4k version um, no, good to hear yeah, yeah. so that that's all i really wanted to, to mention outside of of uh uh mcu shows uh alex anything you want to go over yeah, uh, I've been playing Greedfall, as okay. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, the game, mechanically, is very solid. Uh, it looks amazing. Uh, the environments and everything that you get to explore are pretty awesome. Uh, could you use a bit more in the variety of the monster enemies? I mean, there's big monsters, but all the little ones that you uh, come across in the forest all look like wolves and stuff, or bears, or like a mishmash of both of them. So they're kind of like uh, a bit more variety in that department. But other than that... Everything else is awesome. The only thing that I have a problem with it so far is that the characters and the story just need that that little extra layer. Like, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but it's missing, like, polish. Because I'm not really that invested in, like, the characters or anything like that. Like, uh, it does... I was told uh, this by a friend from work, uh, James. He said that it, it gives a lot of... Um, Mass Effect vibes from Mass Effect 1 where it's not perfect but the story is engaging and it's kind of like that except the the story and the characters aren't as good. They're not as connecting with me as well as they did with um, Mass Effect of course. But Yeah, yeah, I would say Mass Effect has some all-timers as far as video games are concerned anyways. Mm -hmm. But so far, I mean I'm I'm not hating it. I'm really liking it a lot and I hope... uh, it's sold enough to get a sequel because uh, they can only go up from here. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention is I also, speaking of anime, I fish, finished a new one called Jujutsu Kaisen, and it is really freaking good. It's hard nowadays for me to find pretty much like a, any t- TV show. There's so much shit going around that's really engaging. Not only keeps my attention, but keeps me wanting for more. And this one is one of those shows. So if you're into anime, check out, check it out. It's so, really good. so <laughs> last last Wednesday, uh, I, I woke up with a massive headache, mm-hmm. and and I tried to work and just bailed on it by like ten thirty, and I tried to sleep it off, and that was just making it worse. So I wound up just like sitting like in in like my computer chair. Um, like, I don't know, like 10 hours just watching shitty anime in like the same position without moving. Cause that was like all I could do. Like, cause with, you know, without wanting to vomit all over myself. Um, mm. and in that 10 hours, I watched nothing that I recommend to anybody. And so <laughs> I, you know, it was, it was a good way to like, I, I guess it was good. You know, I wasn't watching something I really was into. <laughs> um, but yeah, just speaking of anime. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about, Alex? Uh, no, that's it. All right, uh, Jeff. I watched, uh, um, which maybe this will work, be more uh, appropriate for our next episode, but there's a thing on Discovery about uh, the ser- it's basically the search of all the uh, 
Bedorians. So all the ones that are actually used in the movie. So apparently there were seven of them. And this guy tries to hunt them all down and find them all. It was kind of an interesting story. They, they tried to put a little story around it. And they have to do it because Michael J. Fox is auctioning off this thing. But it's the newspaper. It's slowly fading away. They have to find the right car. It was like some <laughs> stupid shit. But it's it basically this guy and Christopher Lloyd the whole time going around trying to find the parts and learn how the thing was built. It was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I watched something like that. Yeah, and then uh, I continue to play Warcraft 3. I'm still playing it. Oh, wow. I finished the Orc campaign. Okay. Now I'm on the Job's doing Night it. Elf, I think. Man, you're making, you're making me want to get, get back into it, Jeff. Because <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while I'll start it up and I'll get to like... I might get to the Orc campaign and then just kind of peter out. Um, peter. Because I love, I love the Night Elf campaign, so I can get to that. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't remember. I like the orcs the best so far, and then we'll see how the night elves yeah. go. And I really just just started that. So. I mean, I enjoy all of them, but yeah. But yeah, that's that's it for me. All right, it's time. Uh, so we're on the fourth episode of the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, so uh, to to recap a little bit. Um, last week we learned that there's a super serum, um, that, uh, what's her name? What's, <laughs> Kylie? Kylie? Sharon. Carrie? Oh, no. The other one. The, the freckle, the freckle. Yeah, the freckle. Evil. Not evil? I, I don't know. I, I think she's evil. <laughs> um, anyway, um, she's got some of the serum, um, and starts there, they're trying to hunt her down. Very end of the last episode, we, we see that uh, the Wakandans are um, out for Zemo, um, mm-hmm. hot for Zemo, and this one starts. Um, <laughs> they they really did cheat here. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. They're like, "Hey, we're in Wakanda," but not really. <laughs> so you get this long shot of Wakanda, and then they're just like on a cliffside that could have been anywhere. Um, it, it was cool though uh, to, to see. Um, Bucky's sort of deprogramming, I guess. Um, and you, yeah. you see that character. Um, I haven't looked it up yet because I, I just watched it tonight, like right before the podcast. But um, she wasn't the the she wasn't the bodyguard from uh, Winter Soldier, was she? Or not Winter Soldier um, from Civil War, was she? No, I don't think so. That wasn't Okoye. That's definitely no. Well, it's not. It's not Okoye though. It's not Okoye. In in it's the it's the other one. It's the one that she almost gets in a fight with Scarlet. Is that the same Johansson? Yeah, that's the same one. Okay, that's super cool. Okay, yeah, I was wondering about that. I'm like, because I vaguely because she's only in like two scenes. Like I couldn't like really picture her face, but I'm like, is that is that her? Because like all of a sudden I was thinking about it. so yeah, that's that's yeah, fucking cool. Pretty, I'm almost positive it's her. I can't say 100 percent sure, but pretty sure. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, and I like that scene where she's like super into helping him out, and, and um, he has just like a little breakthrough of being deprogrammed. Uh, he still has like all his shit to work out, though, as, as we find out. <laughs> as we find out in the early episodes. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Um, they show up in in full regalia. Uh, we'll, we'll get get into that later in the episode, but. Um, Yep, they basically hit the ground running. They're trying to track this woman down. Um, other captain, uh, John... Um, yeah, I'm a brains mush. Uh, Walker. Rogers. John Walker shows yeah, up. John Walker. With, with his mm-hmm. sidekick. 
and uh, they they all go together. Um, and uh, Sam wants to talk to her first, and they kind of let him. Uh, but but Cap, the new Cap, can't wait. Um, and ruins everything, and there's a chase. And okay, this movie, this movie's a lot of action scenes. Or this movie, uh, this this uh, episode is a lot of action scenes. Uh, yeah, uh, we see Daniel Brühl be great. Um, yeah, he, he's kind of making the <laughs> the the series here. Um, he's good. Real quick, did you guys see the supercut of him dancing? Yes, yes, I thought that was fucking awesome. <laughs> the hour long. <laughs> yeah, and, and the cut was put together by Marvel. Somebody at yeah. Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was a little scene of him dancing in the club last week, and then people loved it. So then Marvel put out it's an hour long just loop of him. <laughs> But it's like seamlessly cut too, so you have to watch for and find out where the cut is. But yeah, just yeah, him. there's like there's like three or four different camera angles, and yeah, they just keep cutting yeah. between them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, yeah, just him. Just love seeing him take everything in stride. Uh, as everybody just keeps like threatening to murder him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even, even when the Wakandan show up, like he doesn't really be see that bothered. Um, but uh, yeah, big action sequences. Um, some good stuff. Um, you know, this episode actually has not a ton to talk about. Uh, um, we get to see um, Sam, like how actually fight some of these superpowered people. Um, spoilers, he uses his wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, mostly mostly looks cool. Um, you see, Zemo just seems on this this rampage to stop all these superhuman, and you know, what, whatever his ultimate goal is. He definitely seems fucking serious about not having any more of these superpowered people. Yeah. Um, so he he's definitely on the level, and that, and that definitely helps out with like the why is he still hanging around? Because it seems pretty obvious that he could have slipped them whenever he wanted to, really. Um, but much, uh, yeah. Um, but he seems serious about it, you know, when he's stomping all the super serums, um, and then uh, the <laughs> then son of Russell <laughs> picks up one of them. Um, and it's like, oh man, I guess we're mm-hmm. gonna have another cat. Um, yeah, well, nope, not really. Yeah, another super soldier. Um, mm-hmm. and you're like, what? I, I was, I wanted to see him use it. I thought that would have been a cool scene. They, they kind of glance over that. I guess it wasn't super important. Um, uh, but he, he, he takes it off screen. Um, I guess it works instantaneously. But I guess, I guess it kind of did for, for Steve Rogers too, right? So. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, they, they, well, he was in a giant contraption too true. when he took it. Yeah, it with was all the so weird. Um, yeah. there, there, there was a um, cool back and forth again between uh, Zemo and, and Sam uh, about how uh, you know there can't be any more super soldiers. There can't be more of these superhero people. They're making the world worse. Everybody basically does it. Will get corrupted. Um, it was interesting for him to talk about how. Uh, the, he said supremacists. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He brings up Nazis and stuff. And, uh, it was a pretty funny line about how like he was comparing the Nazis to the to the Avengers, and and I think it was Sam who said those are our friends. And then Bucky goes, "Well, not the Nazis." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, Sam pulls out the trump card and says, "Well, Steve Rogers wasn't corrupt." And uh, which even Zemo's like touche, although pretty sure Zemo still wouldn't want Steve Rogers around. Um, and the, the question is left unsaid. Um, Sam, like, 
almost literally asks him, well, what about Bucky? And uh, Zemo doesn't get the chance to answer. Um, yeah. Uh, yep, just a lot more action sequences. Um, uh, the, the Wakandans give Bucky an ultimatum. Um, they basically said, you have eight hours with Zemo, then we're coming for him. Um, they show up um, right after New Cap is... Uh, John Walker's busted in to also take Zemo, um, and uh, they they all fight. Uh, it, it is funny uh, again uh, and and cool when when Sam tells that uh, John Walker like hey, you might want to go fight some of the super powered people before you take on the what what are they they actually name the the Wakandan like their order or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot. The, yeah, the, the, the bodyguards, the guard, like the, the, the royal the women, guards, the women yeah. bodyguards. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, you, you, you probably don't want to fuck with him. Was like his thing, and they do like they beat all kinds of ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Bucky's like looking strong, John. <laughs> what does she say to him exactly? I didn't, I, I didn't rewind to watch it, but um, yeah, it was fucking cool. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, yeah, Wakanda has no jurisdiction here. It's like we have jurisdiction wherever we are. Yeah, that was pretty cool. much no, essentially I, right. No, I meant like, what is what does she say when she rips Bucky's arm off? <laughs> which was super cool by the way oh yeah i forgot i'll watch um, it again <laughs> then i just like that that automatically is like well i'm not fighting anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> shit <laughs> he's just like so surprised and like like ah oh, fuck <laughs> he just doesn't want to like <laughs> he, he doesn't want to push it anymore um and she just hands his arm back to him like uh oh, some, some good shit um but uh, yeah, ultimately, um, there's there's another chase and fight. You know, the, where they're all together, and then uh, John's sidekick gets gets killed. That that turns uh, New Cap into a berserker rage, and he fucking straight up murders a dude in the middle of town square with a ton of people watching and filming. Um, you you can see Bucky and. Uh, Sam in the background, which I think Jeff you'd mentioned last week, or maybe it was Alex, um, how Bucky got filmed in the in that bar, right? Um, that was going to come back to haunt him. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they're also standing around there too after this guy's been been murdered in the middle of the street. And then the the, the last thing I wanted to mention, and the way the episode ends, um, in in the coolest shots easily so far of the of the series, um, you just kind of see. Uh, New Cap kind of breathing hard and and just trying to, to come down from his berserker rage, um, and then the camera, um, after panning over the crowd and everything, uh, tilts up um, at a Dutch angle, and you you see the bottom of the shield, and just covered in blood and a little bit of gore, mm-hmm. um, in in a way that it never ever was when Steve Rogers had it, <laughs> at least not that we saw. <laughs> I'm sure he fucking decapitated people with that shield at points, but. Uh, the we, 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 yeah. we, we we the audience didn't get to see that yeah so uh very very kind of to you know obviously nerdy but uh very powerful shot uh to set the tone for for this new super powered cap mm-hmm. um so um i don't like i haven't really thought about how i'd rank the episodes um but uh there definitely was some 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 fun stuff going on in this one uh, you know, just them getting to play around a little bit in the universe. Um, we, we also 
get a little bit more background on you know what again what happens during the snap, which which I find very interesting. Um, yeah, about how like they they basically explain and it makes total sense that hey there there were labor shortages, <laughs> so all the, like all of a sudden the, the gates were open. Come on in, we we need people to work. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Come on in. People. You know, we got places for you to live. We, you know, yeah, we, different houses and stuff. And yeah, yeah so, it was so it heartbreaking. Created, yeah, it created this, this, yeah, this, uh, this hegemony of, of, of like different peoples. And then uh, everybody came back. And then all of a sudden, was like, no, no, we were just joking. Everybody else can can fuck off. You know, is mm-hmm. um, so you kind of see like why they're upset finally because I, I I didn't really get it until this week about like how how bad like why they had it so bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yep. I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to jump in on. Well, I was just going to bring up the couple. Of the, yeah, all the action stuff was cool. I did like the scene between Falcon and the girl. Like he was starting to get to her by calling. You know, some people say you're a, a what was the word? Supremacist. Fascist. Supremacist. And stuff. I mean, he was starting to get through. You could see, like, you know, that's how we met Falcon doing those talks and every stuff. I did like that. I d- the one thing I'm a little go back and forth with is the the bad cap, whatever John Walker. Like ninety percent of the time so far we've seen him, he wants to be a good guy, and it does like he's always thinking the right thing. Like very pretty much Steve Rogers type stuff. And then just every once in a while he has done like, you know, weird things. I just find it it's interesting what they're doing with it, right? Like early on, okay, he was all good. Everything he seemed like he was doing he was good. He wanted to team up, everything was good. Last week when he's pinning those guys against the wall and he's beating, okay, that's a little weird. Then this week, once again, he's teaming up with them. And then he starts raging. And then he finds Serum and he's like, no, I don't want to take this. It'll fuck us up. And then, you know, he almost gets talked into it by his friend saying, you know, you'd be good. You've won three gold medals. Not three gold medals. (laughs) Three medals of honor. (laughs) Three medals of honor. Yeah. And all that. And then, like, you know, imagine if we had how many lives we would have saved. All that comes from a good place, which is... Good. It's better than just a super evil character. I'm going to take the serum and be super evil. Um, it, so I'm finding that stuff interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting that yes, he's he's the new Captain America, but he's having to put up with shit that that Steve Rogers did not have to put up with. Correct. Yeah. Right? Like, like right off the bat, like the the other Avengers are like telling him to fuck off. <laughs> that's that's got to feel bad. Yeah, he's, he's the second. Steve Rogers was the first. He's the second, so now he has to live up to that guy, right? Right, Already but, that's but, but I mean, different. like, for to have Falcon, like, <laughs> I mean, it'd be one thing if like Thor was like fuck off, or, or um, I don't know if he went up to the Hulk and Hulk told him to fuck off, but like for like the lower tier Avengers to be like, nah, we, we don't need you, go away. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that that cannot feel good. Um, I, I did like the line about how like how did you find us, and he was like. There's two members of the Avengers walking around together. Like, how fucking hard do you think it was? <laughs> yeah. Which is which is a good like um, hand wave on on that. Like, without having to really give exposition. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like, they, is he going to be the? Sorry. By the end of it, is he going to be total new villain? Is he going to have some kind of redemptive arc? Is he going to wind up somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I don't know. Um. I think, yeah, I don't know, actually. 
But I do want to know what's up with Sharon Carter because she just walked by all those dudes with machine guns while she was on the phone. And yep. No, she's like, I don't know. She's doing some bad stuff. She's shady. Yeah. I don't know. If she, I don't think she would be the power broker, but because she, she blew up the supply of super serum that the power broker wants. So I don't think it's her, but she's up to something. Yeah. That was interesting. A little just to sort of walking by all those people. Like, huh. Well, that's all I got, too. So, yep, we got four more episodes. Well, I think mm-hmm. it's... Or is it's it only six, more? two more. Uh, two more, yeah, two that's more. what I thought. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's right, it gets shorter. Uh, we, we did forget to mention that, that Zemo escapes, finally. Like, <laughs> yeah. It yeah, would be yeah. funny if he, if he just pops up again and is like, phew, now that the McCons are gone, we can... <laughs> but I, mean, I am I'm curious, like, what his endgame is now, like... He's made it clear that he set himself up against any of these super soldiers. Um, so he's going to like work against them, which means he has to be working against uh, John Walker at this point, too. Um, so yeah, we see where it is. I still, you know, uh, a couple episodes in, as much as I love um, seeing him like pal around with, with, with Sam and Bucky, um, it still doesn't make sense that they busted him out, or at least that Bucky busted him out. <laughs> yeah, I almost wonder if we're going to learn at some point that it was like, like mind control with like the the, the keywords like at, at, on some level or something because <laughs> some like mental suggestion. It still doesn't make sense that Bucky would think it was a good idea. Um, but, but Falcon goes along with it too, though. Yeah, Falcon does. I, I it's one one of the cool things I do like about this, uh, like the two of them, is yeah they they bicker and they're not on the same page, but like they do seem to back each other up. Which, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So what I'm wondering, and I don't... Um, okay, this last scene, like you said, it's pretty gruesome. You have Captain, Captain America out there bashing, killing some person, blood all over the shield. He still represents the Avengers. You would think whoever's out there of the Avengers would, have, would show up and do something. And I don't want them to because I want the story to kind of stay contained with these characters. But just like... If you think realistic, realistically, mm. in quotes, I don't, I don't like. There might be people like Bucky that are upset about seeing the shield like that, but I, I don't think he he represents the Avengers. Like I don't think anybody think thinks. I don't think anybody thinks that. You don't think that people, when they think of the Avengers, as Cap is the leader of the Avengers, him and Tony Stark, and that 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 sets a bad example. Like, yeah, of course it well, does. Yeah. I, I I think yeah. I don't think like the Avengers is a thing anymore. By the end of, of Endgame. Uh, yeah. I think they've like disbanded. Effectively. More or less. But they would probably come back together. If some global catastrophe hit. I don't know. I wouldn't think that. As is your gen- the general public. Okay, everything's back. With the, the Everyone came back because the Avengers killed Thanos and reversed everything. Everything's good. Okay, we lost Tony Stark. We lost Captain America. Black Widow. Okay, the rest, like the Hulk, there's a people like, eh. I think I think Steve Rogers, though, for like a long time, wasn't the face for like the U.S. military. No, I wouldn't say the military. I was well, well, that's that's what I'm saying is, but like John Walker is, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they've like, I mean, it's very possible. I think people still think that, but I think the way they've set it up is that, like, he's not part of the Avengers. He's not an Avenger. Yeah, he's more a. 
government. No, I know he, I know this guy. He's not. But what people would think, right? No, that's think, that's what I'm saying. Is like they've set it up so that people don't think that, or wouldn't think that. Shit, I disagree. <laughs> Shit. There's well, still some association going there. Shit. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. I mean, anyway, even if people didn't, or showed up. Or yeah, well, it's see, in outer space. That's Asgard what I'm trying to think of. Or a rocket. Yeah, all these guys, space guys, are probably gone. I don't think the the those guys. God, these like the Guardians are still around. I don't think Thor's still around. I don't think Star Girl's still. We around. We have a hard time seeing like, like like Peter Parker showing up to like get the shield back. Yeah, except I don't think it will happen. I would just think something would happen. I don't know. Is Nick Fury still around? Would he be something have to do with this? Would uh, he's in outer space too. Yeah. Shit. I'm All tired right. of these motherfucking captains. <laughs> what about what's the jabroni with the bow and arrow? Hawkeye's uh, retired. Yeah, he's dead. He's retired. I think it's yeah. It's only uh, the Hulk. But he's probably doing, like, science stuff. Since his arm is busted. Probably rehabbing science stuff. They should give him a bionic arm. That'd be awesome. Alright, well, is that it? We done? I think so. Alright. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Yeah, don't get harvested. Do something. (laughs) God damn it. We at Hans Shop First want to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.